and welcome to Revengers Friends from Work on the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions expressed in this episode are my own. Please enjoy the show. You're listening to Revengers Friends from Work, the podcast, with your host, Christina Zellen. In this episode of Revengers Friends from Work, the podcast, I will be discussing the loss and grief that all the heroes have been through and what the price is to be a hero. There are spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home, and so if you haven't seen the movie, please do not listen to this episode. Also, see if you can figure out the theme to all the episode titles so far. The answer will be revealed next episode, which is the final one. So first off, let's go over what it means to be a hero. Now, there are many definitions and many people can interpret it different ways, but here is just the way that I interpret it. First thing, answer the call when no one else will. Stepping up, putting yourself out there on the front lines, defending everyone else. That's in what my eyes is like the main blaring title to be a hero. They say it itself in the Avengers speech. There was an idea to bring together a group of Earth's Mightiest Heroes. When they need us, we'll fight the battles that they never could. That perfectly captures who the Avengers are and what they do and why they do it. They step up, they'll fight till their very last breath, and they'll step up when no one else can. Some of them have other advantages than some of the other ones, but that's okay. It doesn't matter if you're the God of Thunder, the Sorcerer Supreme, or, or a witch. Everyone can be your hero. And everyone does have a hero inside of them. We see heroes every day. Ordinary citizens. People who show up and step up when no one else does. Firefighters, police officers, nurses, doctors. They all step up because they have the courage to do things that some people don't. It takes a lot to go out there and be a hero and have the courage to do the things that people do. But people do it because it needs to be done. And they step up when no one else will. Another main thing about heroes that is just time and time again that you see, is they sacrifice their happiness for the greater good. Whether it means losing someone close to them or sacrificing their lives themselves, no hero is happy. Everyone has lost something or someone. Whether it be your mother, whether it be your husband or wife, whether it be your life itself, everyone has lost something. And no one is happy. If you find a hero that is happy, just tell them, just hold on to that happiness for as long as it can, because I guarantee you it'll be snatched up. No happiness lasts for a hero. If you look at all the heroes across the MCU, are any of them really truly happy? No. If you do, there's an issue. <laughs> it means that they haven't got the emotional blow yet. So speaking of blows, here are some examples of all the heroes' losses. I don't have time to go over every single one of them because that'd be like a movie itself, but here are like the top people who I feel like have been through the most. lost his parents. He was kidnapped and held hostage in a foreign country. He watched Peter get blipped, who he felt like was the only like connection around him at that point. The only person he really had was like a family. He was stuck in space for 22 days and almost died due to like lack of air and lack of food. And he sacrificed himself to save the universe while Peter and Pepper watched him die. And he also left his daughter Morgan behind him. And that was one of the reasons that he didn't want to do the whole time heist in the first place. He didn't want to give up his second chance at happiness. He had everything he wanted, but what convinced him was a picture of him and Peter. He realized what everyone else lost, and he lost a part of himself too that day. And he realized that that was enough to get him 
to go back out there and try and save everyone again, even if it meant giving up his own life to do it. Steve, he thought to have lost his best friend in the war. He sacrificed himself to save the world from bombs sent by the Red Skull. He was frozen in ice for 70 years. He has to live a whole new life in a whole new time period, learning and adapting every day. Lost the love of his life after already thinking he lost her. Had to watch her die again, leaving him alone. And all he had were the Avengers. The Avengers were Steve's family because he said, he said it himself. While everyone in my barber, uh, barbershop quartet is dead. So he didn't have anybody. Everyone else they knew was dead except for Bucky. So Bucky was kind of on and off with him. He didn't always have him. Sometimes he did. And it was nice to see that. But the Avengers were his only family. So for him, it sucks when his family, I'm calling his family, his family splits up and then they kind of all get back together. It's kind of a harsh reunion under bad circumstances, but they do it. And then half of them get blipped away. And that's why it's, it's good to see his character go through that sort of grief by going and seeking help in these emotional support groups that you see in Endgame. Because once again, Steve is constantly thinking about everybody but himself. So he was there trying to help everyone else. And then finally, when he talks to Nat, he realizes, like, yeah, he's like, I need help, too. He's like, you and I should both get a life. Like, he's like, I keep telling everyone to move on. He's like, I'm having a hard time doing it, too. So it, it's, it's hard just seeing everything. But Steve always tries to look on the bright side. He even brought up, he goes, oh, there's, there's like, whales in the Hudson River. And that's like, are you trying to look on the bright? You're always trying to look on the bright side. He's like, yeah, it's force of habit. So Steve is constantly trying to put on a smile, and always be optimistic for everyone else. He's kind of the little sunshine that brightens up. He always tries to see the positive way of things. He never really looks at it negatively. Next up is Natasha. She was abandoned by her parents at birth, was abandoned again by her adoptive parents and sent to the Red Room to be a trained killer. Her entire childhood was stolen from her because of that. Got separated for her sis- from her sister for years, reconnected with her again, which is good, just for the sister, just for Yelena to get blipped and for her to come back and find out that Natasha sacrificed herself to bring back to the universe and get the soul stone. So Nat's story isn't exactly great. <laughs> she had a really rough childhood. She was trained to be a killer and she doesn't like to talk about it. She doesn't open up about that sort of stuff to just anyone. She opens it up with three people. Clint, who's her best friend, and who's also kind of in her situation and has dealt with that same thing before. He's a higher trained killer by an organization. And to them, it doesn't really matter which side you're on. You're a trained killer no matter what, no matter what side you stand on. You're all trained to do the same thing. So they get that. They get the pressure of having someone breathing down your neck saying you have to kill this person. And this is on your conscience. She feels bad. Like, I don't know if she feels bad about it, but at least she did with Loki and Avengers. She's like, I would like to wipe my ledger clean. She's trying to make up for all the mistakes that, and all the people that she's hurt in the past. She talked about it with Bruce. She felt very comfortable with Bruce enough to talk about it with him in Age of Ultron. And she felt comfortable enough to talk about it with Steve in Captain America the Winter Soldier. I think. Don't quote me on that. But I feel like she's opened up with Steve about that before. She has at least with Bruce and Clint. I know that for a fact. Next up is Thor. Thor before No Way Home was definitely the Avenger who has lost the most. There is no debate about that in my mind. He even rattles everything off to himself. He lost his home, watched it get completely obliterated, 
He lost his dad. He watched his mom get. Uh, his mom got stabbed. He lost his brother. Had to sit there and watch him. Watch his neck get snapped. He watched his best friend get stabbed with heart. And Jane left him. That leaves him with nobody. He went through a depressive state after losing the Thanos, not really seeing a reason to be happy. And he was haunted by the memories of fighting in Wakanda, not even wanting wanting to mention Thanos' name. Didn't even want to hear his name because that's how much trauma he's caused Thor. Thor just felt like the entire reason that Thanos even got to snap was because he didn't go for that. And he just kept that bottled up inside of him until when they found Thanos, Thor didn't even hesitate. He's like, I just went for the head. It's like, he's dead. He's gone. He's no longer, he's no longer here. We're done with him. And it was just emotionally traumatizing for Thor because he just felt like the entire universe was grieving, or at least half of it is. Half of the universe is grieving the other half because of what Thor did. He felt like he made that mistake and that the entire thing was on him. And it's awful because it's not entirely his fault. There was a magnitude of things that went wrong for the Avengers that could have, if they went right, prevented it. But that's the way things rolled. That's the way that had to happen. That was the one way in Strange's predictions, not predictions, foreseeable futures, that things had to go down. They had to lose in order to bring everyone back. That's just the way it was. And Thor didn't really want to accept that, and so he just blamed himself. Wanda is another person who has lost a lot. She lost her home and her parents when she was 10, having been emotionally traumatized by sitting under a bed with Pietro for two days straight with a bomb three feet from their face, just praying that it didn't go off, not wanting to move at all because they felt like any shift would just set it off. So they probably didn't eat, most likely didn't sleep, for two days straight, which that can't be healthy at all. She lost her brother in the Battle of Sokovia. Couldn't, didn't, couldn't do anything about it. She just felt it that he was gone and has had an emotional breakdown, which is, which is rare, you know? You, you can't even do anything to save your brother and you just feel it. You know, you can't even, like, confirm or deny it. It's just your power's telling you he's dead, which is an awful way to find out that your brother has been killed. Speaking of things being killed, she also had to kill the love of her life in short to make sure that Thanos didn't get the Mind Stone, which it was a beautiful goodbye by Vision. He's just like, we're out of time. He goes, we'll see, like, we'll see each other again, or blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Wanda had to kill him with her own powers, which sucks. Even Vision said that he's like, it shouldn't be you, but it is. So I'm sure Wanda would have liked anybody else to kill him, except herself, but there was no one else has the power to kill, or not to kill. No one else has the power to destroy an Infinity Stone except for her. So she had to kill the love of her life while holding back a Mad Titan with five Infinity Stones. If that doesn't prove to you guys that she's the most powerful Avenger, I don't know what will. Anyway, so she had to kill him, which sucked for Wanda. So she finally thought, it's over. He's not going to get the stones. I killed Vision. The Mind Stone's gone. We're done with it. Just for Thanos to say, oh, no, 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 and use the Time Stone that he just got from Strange. Rewind time. Just for him to kill Vision again. And Wanda just sat there and watched and couldn't do anything about it. Or if she tried to do anything about it, she did, actually. She jumped up, and then Thanos just whacked her away. So she had to sit there and watch Vision get killed all over again. And she was so heartbroken by that that she created an alternate reality where she got to live the life that she wanted with Vision just to deal with her trauma. Now, I'm no therapist. What's me? That is not the most healthy way to deal with that. People should have reached out to Wanda 
and Wanda should have reached out to people. If she needed help, which obviously she did, she should have reached out to somebody. She could have reached out to Clint. They had that nice moment at the end of Endgame where they both talked about the people that they lost. Clint was talking about Nat and Wanda was talking about Vision. And they're like, oh, they both know that we won. Like, it's they're, they're resting peacefully now. And I felt like, good, they both not got over it. But they're both finally accepting it. And then you have two shows where it shows both those characters not accepting it yet. Which is good because that way you can see their, their grief properly. It's not just like, oh, they accepted that they're dead. Move on. Forget about them. Like, you see the emotional repercussions of having those two characters die and what impact they had on the people around them. Clint, I feel like, should have reached out to Wanda, especially after having that nice moment there. I feel like he should have said something, even called her. Because I feel like if somebody did even the smallest notion that they cared about Wanda, she would have been fine. Not fine, better. But since nobody did anything to try and help her, she just had to deal with it all on her own, she created Westview. And that's just what happens when a nexus being gets too emotional. People needed to reach out to Wanda. It should have been Clint. Or literally anyone could have done anything other than just completely ignore her like they did. And that's what happens. Peter, last but not least. Now, before No Way Home, I wouldn't say his list is too shabby compared to everybody else. Before No Way Home, he's like, oh, he just lost his parents and Uncle Ben and Tony. Doesn't seem too bad, right? Compared to what all these other Avengers have gone through. But now we have Aunt May died and he feels like it's his fault because he couldn't stop the people that came into this universe from killing her. He feels like they it's his fault that they came through. And that means it's his fault that they killed her. Was completely alone for that. Eventually his friends came to help grieve with him. Then those friends later on, his girlfriend and his best friend, had to forget who he even is, forget that he even existed, in order to save the universe and keep from reality, like untangling, which that would have been really bad. So he had to say goodbye to them and then be left completely alone because now Aunt May's gone. He doesn't have a place to live. Start over from scratch with literally nobody in his life now. At least with all these other Avengers, the ones that are alive at least, they have people to reach out to. Peter has now absolutely no one to reach out to. Because, a strange quote, everyone who ever cared and loved about him, we would forget about him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but my heart broke a little bit when he said we. That means that, str that Strange wanted to remember him. And he said that he changed the spell six times. Peter's like, no, it's only five. So, obviously, Strange changed it again one more time. I think it was to make at least him, maybe him and the Avengers still remember who Peter is. Because Peter could at least have the Avengers. Like, if he still had Strange or even, like, I don't, he could have had literally anybody. But now he has no one. I think if he at least still had Strange, that'd be a little bit better. Because, you know, they had that little bond. He's like, oh, please. I think we, like, we saved half the universe together. I think we're past you calling me sir. And he's like, okay, I'll call you Steven. <laughs> I don't think they're on a first name basis yet. Kind of like Peter and Tony weren't. And then finally, as he was dying, he finally said, he said his first name. Which, that was really sad. But Peter has gone through a lot. He's seen a lot of bad things happen. And he's only my age. Or if he's a senior now, he's probably 17. I'm only 16, but he's close to my age. And to go through all of that at such a young age, it's emotionally traumatizing. Like, he, he will be traumatized for the rest of his life. And even seeing just different variants of yourself. As Andrew said, he got the brothers that he, he always wanted. And that was nice for Peter because he's an only child. It was just him and Aunt May all the time. 
So having other people who have dealt with the same things that he has and has gone through the same grief, it was it was nice to have him say, okay, I'm not alone. Other people have dealt with this before. They were kind of like his little, it was his little therapy session for him. And Toby and Andrew were the therapists. Although Andrew did get some own therapy by Toby. That was nice. He's like, you are amazing. He's like, thanks. I kind of need to hear that. Toby was honestly just like the parent of the group. And Andrew was the middle child and Tom was the youngest. And they're all just, it was just one weird chaotic family. But it was cute to watch. All right. That's going to be it for this week's episode, guys. Think about what I said earlier. Try and figure out to see what the theme of the episode titles is so far. The answer will be revealed in the next episode, which will be the final one. So I'll see you then. Bye-bye.